Welcome to What the Fit, a podcast about what it means to be fit, whatever the fuck that means. You guys, it's just me. It's your host, Chrissy Grody. I'm doing the intro on my own, no guest co-host this time. So I wanted to do this, not because I want to change anything. I really love bringing past guests back on to guest co-host the intro of the podcast with me. But I was drunk in an Uber in LA one night and I just thought about what would it look like if I did the intro by myself, no one across the table from me to, to feed off the energy, to engage with, how am I interacting with just you as the listener? I, I just wanted to try it out. I, so we're going to see how this goes. It's kind, It's super weird for me. I don't, I don't know. I think it's gonna be great. So I also think it's important to talk about the intro itself and what it is for any new listeners every episode we have an intro to the podcast originally i wanted it to be like 20 minutes and we run through the same three questions we run through the favorite workout of the week we run through a fitness wellness trend Whatever this is like so broad. It's just like, what do you want to talk about? I think this is we have. What do you guys? What do you want to hear? What do you want to talk about? And then we go through the wild card, which is something random. We can come through somewhat quickly. It's certainly evolved <laughs> to a little bit longer than twenty minutes, and the ethos of that was really when I had my guest host Andy. God bless you. Hello, Andy. If you're listening, I bet you are. And we would run through these same three questions. And when Andy decided to step away from the podcast, I didn't want to lose that. And I, st- I still don't. I, I love the tradition. You know what to expect with the intro. But I think I need to do a better job of, of introing the intro so that when people hear the podcast and it's someone else, not the main guest, they're like, oh shit, am I listening to the wrong episode? No, you're not. It's just the intro. We're going to run through these questions and then we're going to get to the main guest. I can't wait for you guys to hear the main guest. It's really amazing. But before we start that, I'm going to go through our intro. So my favorite workout, Sage Hot Yoga. There's finally hot yoga in OTR at Finley Market. I'm so excited that I can walk to a studio, especially one with a focus on good music, infrared heat. The tagline is music, flow, sweat, and soul. It's cute. It's a super cute studio. I did an opening class with the owner, Jessica. Um, It was great. It was a Sage Yoga One. So I think it's their kind of like basic level, for lack of a better word, yoga class. I will say that first class, I wanted it to be hotter, but then I heard people talking after class and Jess was like, oh yeah, it'll be hotter next time. So I think that was just like a kink they were working out. The second yoga class that I went to was a yoga sculpt with Chelsea. I loved the playlist. And for a yoga sculpt class, there was breath to movement. And it wasn't just a, a, you know, like lots of reps or, you know, weighted it without intention. It felt, it felt very intentional and it felt 
like a yoga class where you're using weights. And I think sometimes yoga sculpt classes can get away from that. And then it just turns into a bar class and maybe you're going through a vinyasa flow. So I really liked it. I don't know if I said this, but the playlist was really good. And then today I just tried a flow to floor. So you move through a vinyasa sequence like three times, a couple times, and you end with some yin yoga. That was lovely today. It was super hot. No, not super hot. It was appropriately heated. I went with Sarah Jenkins. I went with Caitlin Bolt-Lovett, A Life Nourished. So it was great to see them. I was joking that I was in a spot in front of them during the workout and they were both behind me next to each other. And I was like, you fucking bitches are just going to watch me. Both yoga instructors just like watch me and judge me as if they would. They're like the least judgmental people on the planet. But they're right now. Sage Yoga is running uh, three classes for $30 for new students. So that's what I did. I have high, high hopes for this class. They're super sweet. It's really cute. It's very close to me. I, I really, I really want this to like be my new spot. And I think, I think it could be, I got to keep checking it out. I want to go to the Sage 2. And I think there's probably one more that I'm missing. One format I'm not sure about. I don't know. But if anyone wants to go, let me know. I've got to figure out if I want to do like a monthly package or if I want to do classes. I really have to finesse my fitness budget because it's getting to be a little bit out of control. I did just drop down to four classes a month for Orange Theory, which is the least I've ever had. And I've had so much mixed feelings about that. But I'm trying to honor my body and where I am and honor my budget, (laughs) honor my financial advisor, uh, figure out. Am I saying uh too much when I'm just talking by myself? I don't know. Okay, so for the thing, the fitness, wellness, trend, whatever that I'm going to talk about, I posted on Instagram what you guys want me to talk about. And so I got a bunch of questions. So I'm going to go through each one and answer them. I think this is going to make it easier for me when it's a question that I have to answer and not that I'm just talking into oblivion. First question. My take on intuitive eating versus macro counting, the two extremes. So I'm going to preface this by saying, first, I am nowhere near an expert. I have no training in in nutrition. Second, do you? I have been in both places at different seasons of my life. I've been preparing for a wedding when I was very strict. I followed a specific diet plan to the T. Like I did not veer away from this diet plan that was like breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner, maybe snack, sometimes not snack, for eight weeks, maybe longer, longer than that, probably. Yeah. And then I just kind of repeated the diet plan. I lost I lost a bunch of weight. I probably lost 10 to 15 pounds. It worked in that way for sure, where the goal was to lose weight. I will say 
I was never satisfied. It didn't change how I felt about my body. I was happy that like I saw number on the scale dropping and I was making progress. And yes, I was in a smaller size clothing and I had to have my wedding dress altered about 50,000 times. But I didn't feel any happier about my body or how it looked. I got to a place where I was so, like stressed. I remember at one point I was just like sitting in my room like feeling terrible and I'm just like god when is this going to end thinking like okay you're the one that's in control you can end this at any time but I was committed I was on a path there's something about a fucking wedding that takes over a female brain and turns you into a psychotic monster maybe not outwardly as like bridezilla but things switch and maybe not for everyone hopefully not for everyone I hope to god people that are have a stronger like mental core or physical core maybe (laughs) There's no one here to laugh back at me at my joke. So I'm like, am I laughing at myself? In terms of the opposite way, intuitive eating, I don't, I don't know. Because I think there's so many opinions right now uh, and different interpretations on intuitive eating. But I just know that anything that people are doing in an attempt to free themselves from an all-consuming thought of food and how to live their life, I'm here for. And I know that comes with, we'll talk, I'll talk about this later in the episode with a woman that is an expert and practice it and is a coach. It's never about the food. It's never about being in a body, a smaller body size. It's always about what's underneath that. That's that's difficult. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes work. No one wants to do the work. And I shouldn't say that. We want to do the work. People are listening to this podcast. I'm going to assume you want to do the work. So it takes work. All right, next question. Meal prepping, foods or recipes that you like. Okay, if you guys have any, please share with me because I am totally uninspired in the kitchen right now. I have no time. So I'm relying on... Leftovers from my mother-in-law, Ryan cooking, like easy protein I can throw in with vegetables. I'm living off of English muffins, crunchy peanut butter, eggs wrapped in a low-carb tortilla with veggies and cheese and guac. Always cashews. I ate a ton of cashews. (sighs) RX bars protein bars. I actually wanted I wanted to talk to the guest about this, but I didn't get a chance. Maybe I'll just like throw it out there for you guys to think about. I don't even really have an appetite for anything at this point. I just want, I would love nothing more than to have a pill that had all the nutrients that I need inside of it, that I could take it and I know that I would be sustained and I would be giving my body what it needs because there is a pill for that. It's called Adderall, but that's not good for you long term. And you're definitely not giving your body what it needs. It's like, I don't even have, I don't even have a will to, to be in the mood for anything or crave anything. So I'm coming, trying to be from this place. What do you feel like? What sounds good to you? What's going to nourish your body? And I can't even get to that place. Just like, I don't, I don't care what it is. Just quickly feed me something. This may be a sign of burnout or stress. I'm not sure. Can have some experts weigh in. 
But yeah, let me know. Let me know about recipes that you like or that are quick or any meal prepping. I think I'm going to try this meal delivery service trifecta. And it's the kind where it's like it's like microwaved stuff. You just throw it in the microwave and then you have your meal. That's what I need. That's where I am right now. It's a sad place to be. I hope that I can move away from that soon. Okay. What's an important thing you've learned in your interviews? This is a great question. I really thought about this for a really long time. And ultimately, my conclusion was everything, everyone, everyone is going through the same shit. We all doubt ourselves. We're all afraid. We all compare. And all people really want is connection and understanding. I think the biggest takeaway, too, is that we change over time. And we shouldn't, it's okay. And that is like me talking to myself there because I get really fixated on this is how I was, this is who I am. And if I deviate from that, then it, it somehow is showing up as a failure. That's not the case. We have to change. We're humans, we're dynamic beings, it's like the essence of our fucking existence. So that's what I've learned. Interested, this is another question, interested in telling group trainers what you need. So I think this is in relation to modifications or leveling down, something that I talked about in a previous episode. I think it comes back to it's your workout. You have to practice hearing what your body wants and not letting the ego take over. And again, I'm going to, we talk about this coming up soon with the main guest. If you've come from a place like I have, where you have ignored your body for so long, it takes time to distinguish what your body's trying to tell you. You know, like, when am I being lazy? When am I honoring my rest period? That's still something I'm trying to think about. So it's like, okay, should I not be doing those jump squats because this is what my body needs and this is me honoring it? Or am I not doing those jump squats because I'm being lazy and I just don't feel like it and I don't want to feel that muscle burn. I don't want to feel that discomfort. So, you know, there's a time to push, there's a time to pull back. It's up to you. I hate to say it. It's up to you to figure out when that time is. And, it's, I, and, I, and I really truly believe it's just a practice. You're going to get it right sometimes. You're not going to get it right other times. You, you can't beat yourself up about it. And I say you can't beat yourself up about it, but I also beat myself up about it. So forgive yourself when you do beat yourself up about it. But it's my belief that a good trainer is there for your workout, for you. If I were in a situation where I asked for another option and they wouldn't give one to me, I wouldn't go back. That's not an environment that you want to be in. So there are a lot of app, a lot of options out there and I, for figuring out where you want to work out. So try a bunch of different things. Like we have class pass. There's so many places offer free first times or free weeks. And what I like might not be what you like. You just got to try and see for yourself. And if you find a place that resonates with you, then stick with those places. Maybe it's a couple places, not just one. Quidwell is a really great resource. Check out their website, quidwell.com. 
DM me. I'll give you recommendations. Or or if you're like, hey, I haven't I I want to try this place. What do you think? I will give you my my honest, honest to God opinion in a DM. I will give you the good, the bad, and the ugly. Okay. Morning routines, skincare recommendations. <sighs> you guys know I've just been just waiting for you to ask for my skincare routine. <laughs> No, I've had a lot of varying morning routines and I absolutely love a routine. There is something so comforting about just, you know, knowing what you're going to get into, being in control and, and, and being in control of the thing that makes you feel good. Because in my mind, like you have a routine and you're doing a routine because it makes you feel really good. <clears throat> this is what happened when you're just talking nonstop straight. I've got to take a little drink of my wine. Okay, so right now, right now, today, this week, this month, this is my root, what my routine looks like. I wake up. The time of the wake up, it can truly depend. It's going to probably be between, oh, if I'm working out, it's gonna, let's just say it's going to be between like 6 and 7.30. And we're going to go through a routine where I'm not working out in the morning. So I wake up. I get out of bed. Obviously, I go to the toilet as everyone does. Most mostly I like wait until after I'm done with the toilet that I put on the New York Times the Daily podcast. This is like this is truly the kickstart to my day. Like I don't it feels weird to me if I don't have this to start the day. It's like I missed something in the day. And it's 20 to 30 minutes news story, current event. I love it. It's quick, it's informative. It has truly just become like, it's like a, it's like my a second hand. I don't know how else to describe it. It's just on automatically. Michael Barbaro is the, the name of the host. <laughs> That's like my dream. Maybe I can manifest. No, I don't want to have that kind of podcast, but I would love to have a, and maybe this is it for some people. If this is true for you, will you just please let me know? Because Michael Barbaro brings me so much joy. If I could know that when like you wait until Friday for what the fit and it's your Friday routine, please let me know this. I would, it would make me really happy. So I'm listening to, to uh, New York Times Daily. I make my bed. I always make my bed. Part of it is because I work upstairs. My office is kind of off my bedroom. I got to pass my bed a lot. It just, it makes me feel better if my bed is made. I splash my face with some water. I don't wash my face in the morning with any cleanser. All you people can come at me if you want, but I, I truly have never washed my face with a cleanser in the morning. So at this age, I'm not going to start. I don't feel like I need to. Um, I stare blankly in the mirror and I assess my feelings trying without judgment to figure out like, where am I? How do I feel? What's going on? Did I have a weird dream? Do, do I have a weird feeling about someone that I need to smooth over? Do I have an excited feeling? Am I looking forward to something? Am I dreading something? I just sort of just like, just get in touch with myself. And this could be only a few seconds of just kind of staring in the mirror. That, that usually comes along with like a body scan. Where am I tight? Where am I sore? And that's just my way of kind of just grounding. Like I'm awake, right? I'm grounding myself. I'm, I'm feeling out like where I am in the world and in my place. Uh, I go downstairs and I make coffee after that. 
And so I like to try to do like little small tidying chores in the morning. Again, just it's just like it's just like kind of mindless activity for me while I'm listening to my podcast. So like this morning, I refreshed my flower arrangement. I went to a, a flower arranging class last week with my mother-in-law as part of her Christmas present. And so they taught us about refreshing fl- fresh flowers. So I did that. Uh, I would I would typically walk. But I'm not walking right now. It's cold and it's dark. Don't come at me. Uh, I get my coffee and then I start working. I'm I'm down at it usually probably you know seven. If it's a if it's a if it's a later morning maybe eight but I'm usually just then online and, and working from there on out. Skincare I've used so many products in the past so I think it's really cool to play around identify what you need. You need acne control. Do you need moisture? Do you need anti aging? Don't believe fucking any anything that you hear on the internet of like miracle working stuff like just find what works for you try a bunch of stuff until you find what works for you and I guess with saying that it's like you have to you have to give things a chance so you can't try every other week like you need like a 30-day period to see like does this really making a difference so I'm currently using uh the brand skin better that I buy through your wellness center Beyond uh, kind of product stuff, I've really I've really simplified the product stuff. I used to have a seriously intense routine because I thought that it would make me a better human. Turns out it doesn't. I've since invested in treatments that I really love. So I've done BBL, the broadband light. That's cool. That was my far my favorite. I've had the I had the best results from that. I've been very tight, bright. There's like no downtime. I've done microneedling. I I didn't I felt I felt that was a little harsh for me. It was pretty you know, they give like little tiny nicks of pen on the skin. And this is not this is purely a personal preference. It was just a little bit more intrusive than I would have preferred because I don't I just get anxious with my skin. Like I, the healing process. I don't know. I would say if you're choosing between like a BBL or microneedling, go with BBL. And then always, always, always the very, very best bang for your buck. The thing I can't recommend enough over and over and over again is Botox or Dysport. They're the same thing, just like Pepsi and Coke. But it's your Botox is freezing the muscles on your face. So you can't even form a wrinkle. A wrinkle never forms. It's preventative. It's a... It's the best. Fuck your Kate Somerville $99 Wrinkle Warrior Serum. Just go get some Botox if that's what you want and that's what you're looking for. Okay. Common foods and types of fasting. Um, Okay. So common foods. I guess I forgot to mention this. I'm on kind of a yogurt kick right now, which is interesting. Do you guys do that? You go on like kicks of food. Like out of nowhere, I'm just buying all this Greek yogurt and just have like a Greek yogurt every day. I didn't ever eat Greek yogurt before. Now I am. I've covered kind of the other stuff that I'm eating a lot. Um, Dave's Killer Bread. I'm super, super into that. Like I'm, I'll be on the kick now of a Dave's of a piece of Dave's Killer Bread, half of an avocado, and then two eggs on top of that. So it's like avocado toast. I've been doing that a lot. So I've done, when we're talking about fasting, I've done periods where 
I stop eating like by 6 p.m. and then resume around 8, 9. So I guess that's kind of like intermittent fasting. And I feel really good digestion wise when I do that. I really do. And I think about all the time, like if my life was this perfect scenario where I could just stop eating at 6 p.m., like that's what I would choose to live in. But the reality is like when I'm recording late or I'm not even done working or I'm working like it just doesn't fit easily. And then I feel like to make it fit easily is coming from a place of, of restriction. So I'm trying to move away from that. So I don't know. I don't know. And then I think like, well, if you were just more regimented and I go down that path. So I'm not playing around with fasting right now, but I have before. And I, and I will say I do feel really good when I stop eating uh, earlier in the day. Okay, this is a really good one. This comes from a very wonderfully special person. Vision for what the fit in 2020. What are you proud of last year? And what challenged you that you didn't expect? So my vision for 2020 for the podcast is to continue sharing stories. And the reason why I think that's so important is because that's how we create culture. And beyond fitness, which obviously is super important and wellness and health and mental health and all of that, I want to shape the culture of Cincinnati into a place where people feel welcomed and inspired and that's how I think we're going to move the city forward there are amazing people here the most amazing people here that I've met anywhere in the world with incredible ideas so I think if we can create this space where people are encouraged to be ostentatious and where people are encouraged to access their power that that's what I want to do for 2020. And and I'm talking to myself. I want the same to myself. I want to feel like I'm in a space where I can access my power and I don't always do that maybe as much as I should. I don't know. It's hard, right? But that's what I'm, I want to do. That's what I want to move the needle forward. I want to shed this conservative, close-minded view of the city. Like I don't believe it. I'm not buying into that story. I think it's a story people have told themselves over and over about Cincinnati, people that are from here, people that live here, or people then they stay friends with their high school friends. And it's German Catholic, and it's this and that, and this is the way you're supposed to be. Well, it doesn't have to. Like We can, we can make whatever story we want our city to have. So I want, want, the, I want what the fit to just contribute to that voice because there's a lot of really fucking cool people in this city that are doing amazing things. I'm a, a drop in the ocean of it, but I want to, I want to keep pumping it full of water. Uh, what am I proud of? Um, I think the first thing that comes to mind is I, I never missed an episode release last year, despite, you know, 60 hour work weeks, travel, uh, just cancellations, reschedules, whatever it is, shit comes up. Um, but I made it happen when I, I wasn't really sure a lot of the times that I would. What has challenged me? Oh, a lot. It's a lot of challenge for sure. Even just sometimes getting to the recording after a really long day is challenging. But I guess, you know, people saying no or even just not 
responding <laughs> when when I worked hard to to be professional, I anticipate their needs and thought this would be a good fit. It's hard not to take that personal when it's me and my personality is the show and and you know, I I've just had to kind of take it with stride, but I would say like all the people who I've really wanted to connect with that I've really pushed for, I have and it's been amazing so i actually a man i'm not too bummed but yeah i want to be a cultural movement everyone has a place here everyone should have a voice whatever i can do to help further that along then i'm that's that's the vision okay wild card we almost made it through okay hopefully you guys are still listening i don't know so this idea question was proposed by another another very very special important person in my life there's an author chuck klosterman he's the author of sex drugs and cocoa puffs he has 23 questions that he asks everyone he meets to decide if he can really love them so i love this and with my answer maybe you guys can decide if you really love me i feel like i'm on the bachelor or something this is weird okay so this is the question Every person you have ever slept with is invited to a banquet where you are the guest of honor. No one will be in attendance except you, the collection of former lovers, and the catering service. After the meal, you are asked to give a 15-minute speech to the assembly. What do you talk about? So this is really fucking hard. I like immediately bulked at this question as soon as I read it I feel like first of all I would be so fucking distracted to stand in front of all of the your past lovers like some I would be like wanting to catch up with like what's going on others I'd be like please leave I mean there would definitely be people that I don't even recognize or know at all so that could be interesting I don't think I could even you know, thank everyone there because some really did nothing for me. So I, I really thought about this and I think the very, I think at the very end of the day, I would just probably make sure that they're all following me on Instagram and that they're listening to the podcast. That's all I got. Thanks for listening along with me just just me and you guys just me and you for this intro give me feedback is this weird do you not like it we definitely need to keep the guest co-host just just let me know i wish maybe i'll start a maybe i'll do a survey monkey so you could anonymously submit your information because i want to hear it but i also respect the fact that maybe you don't want to tell me to my face that you don't like what i'm doing we'll figure it out we have a really amazing guest coming up so let's get to that My guest today helps support women with exploring their body's cravings and becoming empowered to finally find peace with food. She uses a multifaceted approach that addresses the psychology of eating, intuitive movement, energy healing, body work, and more. With experience in Thai yoga massage, Reiki, and cycle syncing, I feel like I have so much to learn from her. Please welcome Jessica Smith of Jessica Lee Wellbeing. Hi, Jess. Hi, Chrissy. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> we got to do a proper cheers on okay. air. 
We're enjoying some cheers, some delicious red wine. What do we got going on here? A word I can't pronounce (laughs) comes from, it looks like, Verona. And that's in Italy. It's red. It's It's, delicious. That's all we know or all (laughs) truly that we care about at this point in the week. Thank you so much for coming on. I've been looking forward to this conversation since the moment after we ha- I had my Thai yoga massage with mm-hmm. you. So to catch everyone up, I met Jessica at the Beauty Boost Taste of Fitness event. You were in the corner and you had a little <laughs> pad down and I signed up for like a slot because you were filling up quickly and mm-hmm. it was Thai yoga massage and I had heard about Thai yoga massage some other people and I was like this is my chance to like see what this is all about had like 15 minutes with you yeah. and I was like do you have a card <laughs> the <laughs> next day or maybe that even that same day I can't remember emailed you and I'm like would like to book a time with you <laughs> because you gave me you know pretty quick assessment of like what was going on and I had just had some back stuff and you probably took one look at me and you're like oh we need a lot more than 15 <laughs> minutes but then spent time with you at Finley yeah um had a full hour and we're going to get into all that and the magic that you worked on me but then did some more research and I was like this woman has a lot of wisdom to share and I think people really need to hear it well I appreciate it I am here to dive into all of it yes so what I read of you know breaking down those facets of your approach Mm -hmm. psychology of eating intuitive movement energy healing body work I really want to talk about how the practice of each of those contribute to empowering women. So I'm going to ask you to like take me through each. Right. But first, how did you even get into all of this? Right. Good What's question. What's the story? <laughs> Please. Um, so I will try to keep it brief. I already um, told you, if you start to ramble, I will rein you back in. <laughs> That's what you're here for. No I appreciate worries. it. <laughs> so my story, um, I had an eating disorder in college and post-college. Mm-hmm. Um, for years, I went through individual and group therapy. Okay. I met with a dietitian. What did the eating disorder look like? Um, so I struggled with bulimia and then what they would consider like eating disorder otherwise not specified. Oh, yeah. How's that? I've, okay, so I used to see that a lot mm-hmm. on the like blogs that sure. I would visit when I was dealing with my eating disorder. Yeah. They had these like fucking, I don't think I've ever talked about these, these like glorifying anorexia blogs in the early 2000s right where you could go and you would that's where I learned about like the rainbow diet or like girls Mm -hmm. would I didn't ever post anything I was just a lurker yeah but I would spend most of my time when I wasn't eating or trying not to eat like on these blogs it's like so terrible to think about now yeah uh pro Anna and Mia websites yes I would be on those like fucking hours of it out of a day mm-hmm. yeah um oh, I can relate to, to a that. bad place I kind of forgot about that right Ugh. right well that's a good thing I'm I'm glad that that is that far in your past totally um but yeah so and I I say that I had the otherwise not specified because I started out as bulimia mm-hmm. but then it kind of fluctuated to then restricting mm-hmm. over exercising right. so it was kind of a mix of everything throughout yeah. the years did you go to a doctor that you were you diagnosed I was diagnosed such- by my therapist okay yeah. I have never been diagnosed because I've never yeah. gone to therapy for it but sure. I think I can do some pretty easy self-diagnosis right <laughs> absolutely yeah. yeah I can say just by yeah exactly <laughs> what we've just shared right, right here yeah. <laughs> totally 
Um, so, uh, so I experienced that for uh, years, and my experience with therapy, um, and I can only speak of my experience. Sure. I'm a big believer in therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, therapy gave me the tools to heal my relationship with other people in mm-hmm. my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and after my therapy was done, and I had the recovered stamp on me. When do they give you that stamp? Um, it was it was in a place where I felt like. I was able to have a better relationship around food and you know, that door was always open to me and and I had an amazing therapist. I didn't really realize how amazing she was at the time, but she did a good job of letting me know that, you know, even though this part is done between the two of us, like we can always come back. And I did come back to her um, probably six months later when I was going through a breakup and I felt like I was at risk for um, relapsing. So but interesting I want to come back to that but continue yeah. continue um so for the years when I was in that recovery period mm-hmm. I really felt like that was then this is now I didn't talk about it I didn't want to think about it mm-hmm. I felt like nobody wants to hear me talk about that mm-hmm. and then I moved to Cincinnati I was going through a divorce mm-hmm. and I walked into my first yoga class mm-hmm and that really changed everything Where for me. Where did you go to yoga for the first time? I went to when it used to be Yoga Alive. It's now Body Alive. Okay, was it? So in, it was hot yoga. Yeah. And I went to the Kenwood Okay, you studio. went to the Kenwood one. Yeah. I went to, it was Yoga Alive okay. in um, Rookwood, like the, oh, where yes. Cycle Bar is yes. now mm-hmm. was like my first experience with hot yoga okay. for a prolonged period of time. That kind of okay. like got me hooked. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was like kind of the only... I mean, maybe there were others, but that was the big place around town at the time. Yes, absolutely. So that really changed everything for me. And what I realized was that while traditional therapy allowed me to heal my relationship with other people, Mm -hmm. yoga gave me the skills to heal my relationship with myself. Oh, wow. And it really opened up this whole new world to me. And it made me realize that my recovery journey was not over. And um, so I really started to follow that path. Mm-hmm. The yoga and path. The yoga path, yeah. the knowing that there was just more to my journey. There was more to my healing. Not like it's so easy to be like, this chapter's over and it's never going to come up again and I'm fully healed and that's that and here we are. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, okay, got it. <laughs> Life is just simply not that black and white. Yeah, I fucking wish it was. <laughs> So that led me to a training um, in Indianapolis where we went through um, the role that yoga plays in healing from an eating disorder. Mm. And at that weekend, I met my friend Katie. And Katie and I, she's also an eating disorder survivor. She also lives in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. Katie Katie Wagner. Um, Katie and I ended up forming a nonprofit called Good Vibes Tribe Cincinnati. Cool. And it's our mission to heal negative body image through the power of yoga and community. Sounds amazing. Sign me up. (laughs) (laughs) So we do these free monthly meetups and we do these workshops and it really pushed me. Are you actually doing this, actively doing this right now? Yeah. I so had no maybe, idea. So maybe Katie and I can come on later and we'll oh talk about God. all that. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> so that really forced me to um, be more vulnerable and to share my story mm-hmm. in order to create a safe space for other women to yeah. share their stories. Right. And 
vulnerability breeds vulnerability it does it's so there's so much power in our stories so much I've had that experience with the podcast like Mm -hmm. most recently in different group situations yeah where it is like actual wizardry magic that happens (laughs) it's amazing and it needs to be in a safe space yeah right because it can be you know I don't want to I don't want a vulnerability vomit all over somebody if it's not a safe space. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, then it's like weird for them. It's yes. weird for you. Exactly. Yeah. It's all it's totally about the space. So it's like finding this... that balance. Yes. Yes. I think it's the key is the physical space is obviously important. But mm-hmm. this like who is there? Mm-hmm. Who's facilitating? Mm-hmm. Like where are they coming from? So Absolutely. much about the energy. Absolutely. You know a lot about energy, too. So. <laughs> So that really showed me that um, that there was just more there, more that I needed to, like the string that I needed to keep pulling. Mm-hmm. And this isn't related just to other women who have had eating disorders or who actively are dealing with an eating disorder. This is just women who have been dealing with processing negative body image and societal messaging and like, how do I live in this body and how do I make peace with my body and food and so I really wanted to pursue that further. So yeah. I ended up getting my 200-hour um, yoga teacher training certificate and then went through um, a certification for to become a certified mind-body eating coach through the Institute for the Psychology of Eating. Cool. And I really wanted to also tie in multiple facets of healing, which is where the Thai yoga massage comes in, it's where meditation and yoga and Reiki come in mm-hmm. because like we were talking about, healing is not black and white and a woman is not black and white. Yeah. And there are so many levels to us. And so I want to come at women and supporting them from all angles. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Um, to to get back to um, your experience of kind of this recovery mm-hmm. piece. Mm-hmm. So when you say that do you say now like you're in recovery? What I do. What, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so meaning things still come up for you. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm a human. I'm a woman living right. in this world. Right. I, I don't I don't want to be as bold as to say there's not a woman in this world that doesn't experience it, <laughs> but I personally have never met another woman in all of my years roaming this earth <laughs> that has not been affected by diet culture or feeling like they need to be in a smaller body or Mm -hmm. that the body that they have isn't good enough at some point. I have never met anyone that hasn't felt that way. Absolutely. And it's important for us as coaches and healers to um, make, to be human Mm -hmm. in that experience too. Mm -hmm. Like no one is perfect and we're all processing these pressures because if you're a woman, like you said, walking on this earth yeah then you're not immune to it yeah and is it is it diet culture you know talk what do you where do you think it comes from is it not as simple and again talking about black and white that's not as black and white as that yeah um you know diet culture just permeates all facets of our life mm-hmm. and all of our messaging I mean and diet t- culture for those listening is just kind of the messaging that like you said is is shot at us at a mm-hmm. super young age that our worth is based on how we look 
and more specifically to be in a smaller body size is more valuable and worthy. Right. Um, So the diet industry is a $70 billion industry and its whole message is that we are not good enough as we are. Yeah. And that we always need to be something different than what we are. Yeah. And so it's an, uh, it's an ever evolving chase. And what we find is that what the promises that diet culture makes to us are never fulfilled because it always has something more to tell us about how unworthy we are. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the messaging is, well, you'll be happy when. Yeah. Oh, and I'll talk about this earlier. I, I have been in a smaller body size Mm -hmm. and dieted, dieted, dieted down to like what I thought would make me happy. And I was never happy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great realization to have when we find ourselves stuck in those patterns or we find ourselves stuck in maybe we're scrolling through Instagram and we start catching those feelings, those Mm -hmm. um, limiting beliefs start Mm -hmm. coming up is to reflect on, okay, I have inhabited a smaller size body and I still wasn't happy. Yeah. So that's not the answer. Let's like rule that out. I know. It's like so, it's so easy to logically say that, but when you're caught in that, Mm -hmm. you're like, but if I can just control what I'm putting into my body, everything will be okay. And if I, what I control contributes to me being in a smaller, more attractive body than like, then it will definitely be okay. Yes. Absolutely. It's like and such a nice thing to cling to. It's such a hope to cling to. It is. It really is. Um, all of those are distractions, though, yeah, right? Totally. From that, what's really going on. That concept that if only we had more willpower, mm-hmm. if only we could just control what we ate. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those concepts keep us distracted from really what's going on inside. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what you kind of mean by so if we think of those facets broken down like the psychology of eating? Mm-hmm. What do you what do you mean by that or what's right. your take on that? Right. So what I mean by the psychology of eating and when I'm talking about finding the wisdom in our body's cravings, mm-hmm. people are like, "Okay, what does that even mean?" Sure. What does that mean? So what that means to me is yes, we're going to address what you're eating and how you're eating and we're going to address your relationship with your body and food. But what I really want to get at is what is it that you're actually hungry for out of life? What is it that you're actually craving out of life? Mm. And most of the time, our unwanted eating behaviors are directly correlated to how we're living life. So what I mean by that is um, an example would be if you are on a diet or any type of eating plan, whether this is just how you normally eat, um, if it, if you've labeled it as your lifestyle, however you want to label it. Mm, those sneaky words eh? that come into play, <laughs> yeah, It's right? not a diet, it's a lifestyle yeah, change. Yeah, sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. All of that. But if you're living in a way that um, forbids you from eating certain foods that you really enjoy, or if you are telling yourself that you can't have certain foods... I would look at that and maybe ask, okay, what's your relationship with pleasure like in your life, right? Because this is how I want to look at your eating behaviors and how you're living life. Um, So how do you experience pleasure? What's your relationship with giving and receiving pleasure? Do you enjoy life? Jess, I'm telling you right now, these questions are too hard to answer. (laughs) They're complex. (laughs) They bring up too much. No one wants to think about this. They want to just say no to sugar. (laughs) 
because yes. if I focus all my attention on saying no to sugar, mm-hmm. I don't have to pay attention to the gnawing pit of fear of abandonment that's in my stomach. <laughs> that is 100% valid. I totally understand where you're coming from. Um, and that's that's the thing. This is deep work. Yeah, It's not as easy right. as chew your food 20 times, you sure. know, cut drink out all water sugar. Because you might more. just be thirsty, not hungry. Exactly. <laughs> like, what if you're just actually hungry? <laughs> what if you're actually hungry? Shocker. Yeah. What if your body is begging you for nutrients? Yeah. Yeah. No, I've talked, I've talked to you about this earlier that just now, right, I turn... 32 in about a month it's taken me this long to even start to understand hunger cues Mm -hmm. or a a dip in energy doesn't necessarily mean mean that I need more caffeine sure so and and because I've come from this place for so long of just shutting down what I'm what my body's trying to tell me Mm -hmm. override 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 you're doing what I say like yeah. I'm the one in control here. Mm-hmm. This is how I get to feel safe by telling you what's going on. I'm not listening to anything that you say. <laughs> and in relation to like f- the physical aspects of my body, I'm just now experiencing this where I've taken a pretty significant break from intensely working out over the last month or so. And I'm slowly now starting to kind of get back to where I to not to where I was, but just to incorporate more intense movement day by day into mm-hmm. my routine and it doesn't look at all like what it used to mm-hmm. and if I look at my calendar I used to be like okay I want like two high intensity days I want like two strength training days I want like two mobility days and like I'm going to be walking and like all that sure and so taking a step away from that and then coming now coming back into it I've had the sensation of working out at a, from a rested state mm. and what that feels like yeah and that it feels really awesome yeah and then just today so last night I went to my first system of strength class mm-hmm. super tough workout I'll talk about it at a, on a later date really really tough woke up today I'm sore I'm you know like my body's a little tight and went to a yoga class today so I did the workout like 5 45 went to a yoga class today at noon mm-hmm. right away I'm like my body's not recovered uh, I know yeah. what this yoga class feels like when I'm fully recovered because I've had that experience right. and so now I know I'm not fully recovered so like tomorrow I'm not I'm taking off yeah That's but like amazing. I would not have been able to do that right because I would have been like my body's always fucking tired like this or like I'm yes. always sore like this what where, where yes. I was coming from before my break was I was constantly sore mm-hmm it, and I'm, and I thought like that was, that was my normal. Yes. Like it just means I'm working really hard, right? So I'm like, what, uh, what made you take this rest period? I mean, I wish I could say it was because I was being attuned with myself and taking <laughs> care of myself, but it was. I mean, my body physically told me to stop. This was right when I was com- when I came to you for the Thai yoga massage. Maybe sure. this is a good segue to talk about <laughs> the work you do there. But I had you telling me to mm-hmm. slow down. I had a licensed physical therapist, mm-hmm. Megan, that I go to telling me to slow down because I was literally brought to my knees from a spasm in my back. Oh, yeah. So I don't, I can't say, I wish I could sit here and say I would have done it on my own accord, but I can't. Yeah. But since then I was like, okay, well then this is the lesson you have to learn. So at least yeah. if you weren't smart enough to do it on your own, at least be <laughs> smart enough now to pay attention to the signs. 
Right. I mean, our body's always communicating with us, right? I know. Um, and I know now. I didn't know then. <laughs> if I did, I didn't care. And, you know, most of us, unfortunately, have to have an experience similar to that to realize that, you know, our body will start to communicate with us in small ways, subtle ways. Yep. And then it'll keep getting louder and louder if we're not paying attention to it. And yeah. unfortunately, that'll result in an injury or illness or disease. Yeah. 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 So did we go back to kind of the psychology of eating? I went down a little little <laughs> rabbit hole there. Um, anything else about that facet that you want to talk about? And then we can maybe move to energy healing. Um, no, I mean, I just liked, I like I like the school that I went to, the Institute for the Psychology of Eating. It uh -huh. seemed very different when I was looking at becoming a coach. There are a lot of schools for coaches. And with my experience with an eating disorder, I just knew that I wanted, I didn't want a program that was going to train me to give someone a meal plan. Um, right. You know what I mean? And You can't live on a meal plan forever. Exactly. And that's the problem. That's not in line with my mission. And I didn't want a school that was going to train me to just churn out meal plans yeah. for people and remain disconnected from their body. Yeah. So I appreciate the training that I went through and that I think has given me an amazing foundation and unique way to look at, at women. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, and then kind of, I guess coming full circle there really, I was just thinking about if you, if where these patterns or behaviors around your food are coming from, like, let's dig deeper to them. Yeah, exactly. There's something going on below the surface. That's where the psychology part comes exactly. into play. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Well, really quick, like, what does that look like in practice? Like, how do you, you know, get people to arrive there? What do you mm -hmm. do? Because I consider myself a pretty self-reflected person. Yeah. Like, I'm able to do that. But I think that some people have a hard time yeah. identifying. Absolutely. And it takes time. Yeah. It's not going to be right out of the bat. Okay, let's talk about your relationship right. with pleasure. <laughs> sure. You're right. You're, yeah. Okay. We're going to build like, a relationship. childhood trauma. Like, right. Minute two. Right. <laughs> right. We're going to start with some baby steps in terms of some concrete, more black and white steps that we can take in terms of food. Mm -hmm. Small steps that have a big impact. Things like eating slowly eating without distractions, mm. being more mindful in our meals. These small steps can help us gain more trust with our body and food. And then over time, we can start to explore some deeper things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, for most of us, it's taken us our whole life to learn to hate our bodies mm -hmm. hate is a really strong word but a lot of us frankly are living in hatred I think it's a fair word yeah right um and so it's going to take time to relearn how to be in our body yeah so it takes patience and it takes time but it's so worth it yeah. this journey is so worth it yeah. too because the women who i speak with and work with they're at this cusp where they know there's more to their life mm -hmm. than 
just having the same conversation with our girlfriends about diets. There's more to just this life. Starting over every Monday. Exactly. Every Sunday evening, giving themselves this pep talk of, okay, this is going to be the week Yes. when I cut carbs. Right. And, you know, then Monday morning wakes up, they wake up and they're craving a bagel yeah. and they already feel out of control around food. Right. Or it's like, okay, the vacation's coming. Here yes. we go. Yes. Here it comes again. Exactly. How many weeks out do I have to plan? Mm-hmm. Like, so they know that there's more out there. They just don't really know how to start. Mm-hmm. And so that's a lot of what I work Facilitating with. Facilitating conversation. Yeah. That. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what about the energy healing facet? This is a, this is a, this, <laughs> would you say energy healing and body work go together or are they two very separate things in your mind? Well, I like to integrate everything. Yeah. So, for example, with your Thai yoga massage. Yes. Um, let's talk about that. Okay. Yeah. Let's dive <laughs> in. Okay. So, I came to Jess and she had a lovely heated, like, pad, like, cushion. Mm-hmm. What do you call it? It's like a he- massive heating pad. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a big, it's almost like a futon mattress. Yeah. And then I have a heating pad on it. Yeah. So, uh, amazing. Lovely. Um. And then, I mean, I pretty much just laid there. You did all the work. You Absolutely. Everything. That's how it goes. So, so talk about, yeah, what is Thai yoga massage? You know, what are you looking for? How do you like navigate someone's body? Or, mm-hmm. And I think, I don't remember, you didn't, I think you may, I may have asked me if I was experiencing any like discomfort or pain anywhere to like yeah. target those areas. But I think I was like, hey, just do your work. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Everything's a mess. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Yeah, and I'll probably use you as an example. Yeah, um, yeah, if use, that's okay. You can talk. Yes, freely. I All give right. you my consent. <laughs> okay. <to> go ahead. <laughs> okay, so um, Thai yoga massage. So I work with individuals who only come to me for Thai yoga massage mm-hmm. as a body work practice, and then I also like to integrate it into my coaching. So I'll mm-hmm. kind of talk about both. But, yeah. Um, and I integrate. I mean, to me, body work is energy work. Um, I think it's very, right. it's so, the same. Yeah. I mean, they're different, but they're the same. Yeah. There's um, energy in your body. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> so with you, I started with a really brief Reiki. Yes. And I don't do that for everybody, but I just wanted to get a really good feel for kind of where you were. Mm-hmm. So Reiki is a form of energy healing. Um, it's reading. All everyone has the ability to read energy. It's just tapping into that ability. So mm-hmm. I don't want to. You're not uh, a witch. Come across as <laughs> having some like supernatural ability. I would 100 percent want to come across as ha- if I did. If I ever, which who knows, maybe I will someday get certified in Reiki. I am yeah. totally gonna like promote like I know something you don't know I have a magic power come to me I will fix you there you go just like probably rule number one you use in Reiki like don't use your powers for evil (laughs) so um so Reiki is just energy work you're essentially moving through the body um you can kind of have your hands like hovering over the body you Mm -hmm. can also place hands on the body it's really whatever you feel like the client's body is asking of you. Mm, okay. And through that, you can feel different things um, like heat or cold, um, maybe like a higher vibration or mm. a lower lower vibration. Um, you can tell typically when people have maybe had injuries in the past. Mm. So you want to like give that more attention. Yeah. You can tell if somebody is feeling more grounded or not. So... 
I mean, that's just a few things. Yeah. So, um, so in meeting with you, I, I think I did ask like your chief complaint. So mm-hmm. it seemed like that was maybe your low back. Yeah. Yeah. At the time it was my low back, right? Yeah. Moved up to my upper back later, but at the time, <laughs> low back. <laughs> so I will say that every one of my Thai yoga massage clients has low back pain. Um, you know, every, I think it's eight in 10 Americans experience chronic low back pain. So we live very sedentary lives. Not that you are in that camp, but there are a lot of reasons why we experience low back pain. So Thai yoga massage is also called assisted yoga or assisted stretching. Mm -hmm. And the word massage is a little misleading because in Western culture, we think of massage as you're on a table, you don't you take off some of your clothing right. and someone is like rubbing you. Yes. So that's not what a Thai yoga massage is. Um, you can also say Thai yoga body work, which mm. is a little more um, on the nose, I guess. So it's a fully clothed experience. Right. And we're like yoga clothes. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. anything that you would wear to yoga class is perfect. Yep. You yep. want to be able to move. Yeah. Um, and so you're laying on a mat on the floor, like you said. Mm-hmm. I like to have a heating pad just for people's comfort. And I am using my body to move your body. Mm -hmm. So I never really would have considered myself open to this type of work because Mm. I really don't like touching people that much. (laughs) Wow, but you are not in the right line, huh? But there is something about Tayuga Massage. I'm not doing something to you. It's yeah. an energy exchange. Yeah. I'm using my whole body to move your body. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. it's both, even though for the client, it may be a more passive experience. Um, it's really both people working together. Mm-hmm. So I really like that energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you did the initial like Reiki on yeah. me, did you from there were you like, okay, now I have my game plan. Does that like help mm. you set where you wanted to go? Or is that just for you to get like a baseline? No, good question. Yeah. So it did give me some insight. Yeah. And I think I kind of told you about this after the session. With you specifically, your whole right side yeah. was very active, very hot. There was a lot of energy going on. Mm-hmm. Your left side was completely stagnant, mm-hmm. ice cold. Mm-hmm. So no energy movement. And I will say that's that's not uncommon mm-hmm. in our society um, because so the right side of the body is symbolic of what's called yang energy. So we have yin and yang, mm-hmm. right? Um, I used to say yin and yang. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> no, same it's thing. not. <laughs> it is <laughs> same thing. I'm going to say yang from now on. <laughs> so our yang energy is symbolic of masculine energy. It's symbolic of heat, summer activity, competitiveness, uh-huh. light, whereas our yin energy is uh, symbolic of our, our left side. This is our feminine energy. This is moisture. This is darkness. This is asking us to slow down, look within. Mm-hmm. This would be symbolic of the winter season. Mm-hmm. So right now we're in a yin season. Mm-hmm. So in reading the energies, if I'm sensing that maybe one side is more active than the other, first of all, that's just an imbalance, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not, I'm also not here to diagnose anything. Sure. I just simply read energy and then tell you what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. It's up to you to interpret that. Maybe that means nothing to you. Maybe it means a lot. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's something that you'll realize down the road. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so right away, there's an imbalance. Yeah. And, you know, I could also sense from you that you were a very active person. Mm-hmm. And so it meant to me that, you know, you your body was really aching for you to slow down mm-hmm. and look within yeah. and reflect. And um, so this could also be maybe if somebody has injuries all on one side, mm-hmm. which is pretty common. Um, to me, that would also symbolize an imbalance. Yeah. Um, so you kind of have your game plan of yes. where you want to go. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I start, I also start with a hand on the belly and just, I just call that the introduction, mm-hmm. right? So I'm physically touching you. I'm getting in touch with your breath, taking a read of, you know, what is the energy of this person? Mm-hmm. Are you calm? Are you nervous? Yeah. What's going on? And then that's an opportunity for me to kind of introduce myself to your body yeah. um, and let you know that you're in a safe space. Yeah. And um, I also relaxed. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> felt very relaxed and comforted and safe. And good. It was an overall wonderful experience. Yeah, it's great. So it's great. If, you know, if I'm seeing somebody just for a Thai yoga massage, um, I that would be people who live very sedentary lives, um, a lot of athletes, uh, people who are maybe training for marathons or are super active. Yeah. None of us really stretch as much as we should. Yeah. So it's like, come to me and I'll stretch you for you. Totally. <laughs> I'll take care of it for you. Totally. It was great. Yeah, it I'm was, glad. I I. I loved the assisted stretching for sure, but I really loved the talk about like the energy mm-hmm. imbalance and just, I mean, I, it, what, everything that you told me, I knew already. Right. Intuitively. Of course. But I'm ignoring it. Of course. <laughs> and so I'm, um, and then to me, it's like, I always have this thing too where I'm like asking permission to rest or like I need someone else to tell me like it's okay Mm -hmm. you should take a break or you need to relax or like you need to like I just I'm like oh I just need permission yeah I mean I don't but in my mind I understand yeah I I will like be like ask my husband like do you think it's okay if I don't work out today Mm, right like I need like a confirmation from someone else of like yep you're allowed Right. To take a break. Yeah. Or like I've always, I talk about recently, I've been talking about this a lot. This like fantasy that I've always had of like this like hitting rock bottom thing okay. where it's like people are like, okay, that you have to relax. Mm. I'm like, that's ridiculous. It's a fantasy. And dramatic. Huh? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> like, and dramatic and just like probably says way more about myself than I care to divulge to everyone here <laughs> listening. But. That it just like comes back around to like, no, you, I have autonomy and power mm-hmm. over myself and, and what I'm working towards. I'm refraining from using the word I should be like, or like should, mm-hmm. but like yeah. that I, what I'm working towards is that I have the power to, to, to rest, right to give myself the power, to give myself the time to rest. Right. Yeah. It's not easy for me. It, it can be really hard. Yeah really hard yeah yeah so okay so reiki that's like energy healing body work um intuitive movement like what does that yeah look like to you yeah so intuitive movement um you know we talk about intuitive eating and essentially it's tuning into our body and 
truly asking it what it needs Mm -hmm. and then in kind giving our body what it needs. Mm -hmm. Intuitive movement is very similar in that I like to ask the question, if if losing weight and changing the shape of your body was no longer a concern, Mm -hmm. how would you move your body then? Yeah. Um, Because that can really open us up to, first of all, do I even enjoy the enjoy the way that I've been moving my body. Mm-hmm. If we are in this just strict regimen of, well, this is just what I do. Yeah, this is what I've done. Exactly. Yeah. We don't stop to check in with, do I even like this? Does my body feel nourished afterwards mm-hmm. or does it feel punished? Yeah. And what are the words that I'm speaking to myself as I'm moving my body in this way? Mm-hmm. Am I speaking really negatively to mm-hmm. my body or is this filling me up? Yeah. So then I can go out and be a better person. Yeah. Yeah. I have been really battling with this lately mm-hmm. because I because I come back to that question and I've heard it from other people, right? Yeah. Like take losing weight or making yourself smaller or really anything to do with an, an appearance even, yes. I would argue, yep. off the table. Like what does that, that movement look like for you? Right. And I have some workouts – where part of the time, for sure, I'm like, I fucking hate this. <laughs> I'm so mad. I'm like mad. Yeah. And the next minute, I'm like, okay, this is great. I'm empowered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I ultimately go back to like, okay, how did I feel after, you know, an hour after or like yeah. afterwards? Yeah. And even those workouts sometimes where I'm like having some like negative self-talk or like whatever Mm -hmm. it is I still felt really good and so then I'm just like okay this wasn't really a workout that it wasn't like not moving intuitively it was just like maybe you need to think about the way you talk to yourself Uh, (laughs) you know like it wasn't the movement yeah it wasn't the movement's fault yeah it was just like how I communicate with myself or the patterns of communication that I have with myself yeah like that's how it shows up yeah so I tried to like maybe take that aside and be like, okay, no, you ultimately, yeah, because some workouts that I get a lot of value and feel amazing after are very difficult in the, right. in the moment. Right. And so I'm like, okay, now I'm a balance of like, am I being lazy or am I taking care of myself? I'm like mm, still trying to yeah. figure out that question yeah. is coming up a lot for me. Sure. I'll probably talk about that later, but, <laughs> um, but then I, it's, I, 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 the the question comes up of like wait I know for my health I should be lifting heavy weights mm-hmm. like as for like my body stru- you know like my bones uh-huh. and so then like that comes into play but I'm like but wait am I just lifting weights because I think I should be or uh-huh. like because I want to uh-huh. sometimes I want to right sometimes I do it because I know that I just should do it but then I'm like okay. ultimately you enjoy that uh-huh. so then it's okay right right, right. <laughs> I'm going through, this is on my fuck this is my mind going through every time as I'm signing up for a workout on class pass or anything else these are the conversations that are happening can you imagine how stressed I am all the time a lot of yog energy yeah. happening yeah. <laughs> you're like lay down let me do some stretches right now well you know in terms of how we're speaking to ourselves in our workouts um I can relate to when we're in a hard workout, yeah. even if we love it afterwards, it's 
sometimes checking in with the ego and like checking in with, am I comparing myself to other people right now? Or am I really making this my workout? Sure. Which can be, it's easier said than done. And I totally get that too. Yeah. Um, But sometimes that can be the trigger for that negative self-talk is I'm letting my ego take over. That's a really good point. Because if I think back to times where I start having those conversations that are not so nice with myself, mm-hmm. it's brought on by I'm looking around the room and I'm seeing something else. Right. So that's a really good insight that I did not have before. Thank right. you. I'm going to think about that. I'm going to have to process that one All later right. on tonight. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, I want to talk about before we go any farther, because this is like a, a topic that I'm super passionate about and I'm really interested to hear is cycle syncing or living in flow with your body. Yeah. I'm so interested. <laughs> All right. So talk. So kind of in- introduce it. OK. Tell people what I'm talking about and then we can dive in. I'm going to have lots okay. of questions. Perfect. So I started cycle syncing last year when mm-hmm. I was diagnosed with endometriosis and endometriosis is so endometriosis is a chronic illness that every one in 10 women has mm-hmm. there's no cure for it it's very difficult to be diagnosed with it unfortunately for a lot of reasons uh, there aren't no, enough doctors that know enough about it and it's hard to actually be diagnosed you have to have a laparoscopic surgery to actually be diagnosed so that can be a barrier for people mm. and the signs and symptoms are very different for every woman. So some signs and symptoms of endometriosis would be really painful periods or painful ovulation, pain with intercourse or any type of penetration, like even a tampon. Oh, wow. Um, well, how does it, it's physically what? There's Okay, like, yeah. There, so, there's like, so what pop. endometriosis is, is um, so the the lining of the uterus uh-huh. is called the endometrium, uh-huh. right? So it's a tissue that's similar to the lining of the uterus that is found outside of the uterus. Oh. So that means anywhere in the body. And so typically it's found a- around the reproductive area. So maybe the ovaries, fallopian tubes, um, also in the GI tract, mm-hmm. the GI areas, really common because most women who have been diagnosed with endometriosis have also been diagnosed with like IBS or leaky gut. Oh, damn. Okay. Um, And so because we have this tissue that is supposed to remain within the uterus, outside of the uterus, Mm -hmm. every time we have our menstrual cycle and our uterine lining sheds, Uh we essentially have internal bleeding. And so as you can imagine, it's pretty painful. And then over time, it the scar tissue can build up. Yes, that's what I've heard of. Yes. So... Lena... Oh yes, she has talked very openly about her Mm -hmm. struggles. I mean, I think I don't know if I'm making this up, but I think she was going to have a hysterectomy. She did have a hysterectomy. Did have Mm -hmm. her uterus removed because Mm -hmm. it was so terribly painful. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So it can be. It's really difficult. It can. Some women have it all over and they have no pain. Some women have a very small amount and they are living in extreme pain. It's really complex and there's not enough research about it to know the cause and how to treat it. So um, it takes an average, the average woman eight doctors in 10 years to be diagnosed it took me three doctors in six years to be diagnosed. Wow. It's a lot of 
going back and forth with your doctor of essentially doctors not believing you, not taking you seriously. Um, but essentially, if you have the signs and symptoms of endometriosis, I would encourage women to not stop until they actually have an answer. Ultimately, you know if something's not right in your body. Yeah. What does the diagnosis give give you? Like- well, essentially, it gives you an answer mm, because okay. there is no cure. Mm. Um, it rules out maybe some other things. Mm-hmm. So you have the laparoscopic procedure. There are two surgeries that you can have. One is called an ablation, and that's essentially cauterizing or burning the endometriosis when they find it. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so, so terrible and painful. Well, I wish you could see my face. <laughs> I don't, though. <laughs> I mean, it's a surgery, so it's, you know, you're... You're out. You're not. I know, but still, you've got to wake up. It doesn't just like not have any repercussions. We're tough. Women are tough. I know. That's true. (laughs) Listen to Lizzo. Exactly. (laughs) Um, And the other type of surgery is called, um, so there's ablation and then excision. So excision surgery is considered the gold standard. And this is them actually like cutting out all of the endometriosis Mm -hmm. so because you can have what's called deep endo which is endometriosis like deep in your organs and your tissues and so they're getting essentially all that they can unfortunately there aren't enough doctors that first of all know anything about endometriosis and know how to do an excision surgery Wow. So I had ablation surgery in April and so that gave me an answer Um, but so there's peace in knowing and having an answer. Now I can kind of navigate this. But there also aren't really good treatment options. So I was put on a medication after my surgery that was actually a chemotherapy drug, which I didn't know at the time. And my doctor wanted me on it for a year. I was on it for three months. And then it was like, no way. It also Did put you have me bad side effects. Like what? Yeah. So it puts you in a state of menopause as well. So oh, we're talking hot flashes, weight gain. Um, you know, your bone density decreases as well. So just like walking upstairs, my knees were aching. What? Um, yeah. It was. It didn't suit me. Now I again, I can only speak to sure, my experience. Sure, of course. But that, that did not um, really jive with my body. Yeah. So there are other medications, but none of those are really in line with how I want to treat my endometriosis, which is how I turn to cycle syncing. Yeah, nice job bringing it back around. You didn't ramble at all. That was that was my perfect. That was perfect. Um, So so what is it? Okay, so cycle syncing. The general gist, and I'm going to be speaking in generalities here. Every woman's body and every woman's cycle is unique. I know that's the pain in the ass part Mm -hmm. of it all. This is, again, like learning more about our individual bodies and it's right. a journey. Which requires, number one, listening, not ignoring. <laughs> step one. I've got, I'm working on step, step one. one. Yeah, you got it. You're <laughs> yes, doing great. Yes. <laughs> so in general, men run on a 24-hour cycle, meaning... Men. Men. Men have a cycle? Well, what I mean by that is um, every day... Their hormones are going to be about, they're going to be looking the same. Their energy levels throughout the day are going to be about the same. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm speaking in generalities. Of course. So whereas men run on a 24-hour cycle, women run on a 28-day cycle. Mm -hmm. Of course, that can vary. I just want you to repeat that again, okay? (laughs) 
24 hour cycle versus 28 days. Yes. We go through a lot. We go um, through a lot. And this is, at least I did not have a good understanding of the four phases of my cycle at all. Yeah. So I'll go through the four phases. Perfect. Let's go. All right. So phase one is the follicular phase. Follicular phase. Okay. Yeah. So, and by the way, I also refer to this as phase one. Some people refer to the menstrual phase as phase one and follicular as phase two. That'll make sense when I go through it. Okay. That doesn't necessarily matter. All that matters is this is all a cycle. Okay. Where are we like, where's like the start day one? Yeah. So I would consider day one as, um, our follicular phase. Okay. And our follicular phase lasts between seven and 10 days. Mm -hmm. During this phase, um, we are preparing for ovulation. Okay. So we haven't had a period yet. We're not on the period. So this is coming off of our menstrual cycle. Okay. So we're just coming out of our menstrual cycle. So our testosterone, sorry, our progesterone and estrogen are, those levels are coming back. Okay. Because they're pretty low. They're at their lowest when we're on our menstrual when cycle. we're bleeding. Mm -hmm. Okay. Correct. So we're done bleeding, maybe. Done bleeding. Okay. Moving into follicular phase. Okay. So seven to go. 10 days, we've got our estrogen and progesterone levels are starting to rise. Okay. So what that means is we're starting to get our energy back. Mm -hmm. So this is a great time. We're feeling really social. Okay. So After if your you're going to be yep. RSVPing for any events, do it around your follicular phase. There you're going to feel go. like really filled Schedule up. Schedule that happy hour. Okay. <laughs> Fuck, I wish I could use this to my advantage with all of like the events that I'm planning. I wish yes. that I could have a data point on all the people that I want to see where they are right. in their menstrual cycle. I'll have everybody do cycle syncing and then I send you their data. I, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> what the fit listeners, please send me when TMI you're getting off your period so that I can plan the appropriate time for the highest attendance of at the event. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Great. I don't see the problem. Yeah. Here. I don't either. <laughs> You're consenting. I'm not asking you to do anything outside of your consent. Oh, I love it. So we're so feeling social. We're feeling social because 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 energy's up because energy's hormones up. are starting to yeah. come back up. Okay. Exactly. So we're also feeling very creative during this phase. Where does so, that come from? Um. This just has know. to just it has to do with the hormones. Yeah. yeah. Hormones control everything. So yeah. This is just kind of the beauty of our cycle. Um, each phase yeah. of our cycle has its own unique, almost personality. It has its own needs and it's going to ask us for what it needs. Okay. It's up to us to listen and honor what it's asking of us. Yep. Um, and when we can, instead of dreading our cycles, when we can like learn to harness the power that each cycle possesses, mm -hmm. we can start to run like optimally. Exactly. Is how you're, I like to think yeah, of it. Yeah, you're living in tune with how your body was designed. Exactly. Like exactly. it makes so much sense to me. That's why I'm so into this. Like, why mm -hmm. would I want to fight my biology and my nature and like what's going to happen, whether I like it or not? Right. And that I have pretty much very little control like my ego has no control over it mm -hmm. so like let's just be in line with it okay exactly. so follicular we're social we're creative i love this this may be my favorite one yeah follicular phase is great you're just coming off of your 
period. Right. You're like done. Okay, cool. Okay. We're so over we're, it. Yeah. We're, we want to be social. So are these like, this is a time like for high intensity workouts? This time and our ovulatory phase, which is the next phase, okay. are the times when we want to be focusing on high intensity workouts. Our body's craving it. Yes. It's going to feel really good. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We're so, social. We have a lot, of, a lot of energy. We're creative. It seems like I want to live in this part of it forever. <laughs> what about foods? Do we have certain foods that... So foods here... Um, a lot of foods are going to kind of remain the same in terms of supporting, although we do have a few tweaks. Okay. So foods in our follicular phase, we want to get a lot of water um, and a lot of like good nuts, seeds, beef, poultry mm-hmm. are going to be really nourishing during our follicular phase. I'm just looking at my, my period app because I want to see where I am. <laughs> it doesn't. Where am I? How do I figure it out? Okay, continue. So what happens after? So after our follicular phase, we move into our ovulatory phase, which is about three to four days in length. So and that's when we're ovulating. This is when we're ovulating. This is when we um, this is when our egg drops. This is when our egg is ready and waiting to be fertilized. So this is the the time where we could potentially become pregnant, although our egg is only viable for 12 to 24 hours. And Sperm can stay alive inside of you for five days. So you yes, really have yes. to b- subtract yes. five days yes. from if you're trying not to get pregnant. If exactly. you're trying to get pregnant, then that's a different story. But where I am, I'm trying not to get pregnant. Yes. So. Yes, you are correct. You're correct. Sperm in a. Which in I a just con- learned this. Okay, this news great. I didn't know that sperm could live inside you for five days. Those well, we're not really taught about this. So that's sense that's that great that, that you're aware of that. And um, Yes. Exactly right. So if you're practicing cycle syncing as another way to integrate um, maybe contraception, maybe natural contraception, then yes, it's... I'm in ovulation right now, according to my app. <gasps> oh, all right. Okay. So we're, I'm in the phase that we're talking about. Okay. okay so what do I got to do? What's, what do we got to know? So ovulation. So this is a time when, you know, biologically, like we said, this is the time of the month when we do have the potential to get pregnant. So as it makes sense, we're feeling very connected socially. Um, mm. This is a great time to go on a date. We're feeling super connected to our sexuality, mm-hmm. our sensuality. Libido is up. There you go. Exactly. I haven't experienced that yet. So maybe mm-hmm. we're just in the early phases. I don't know. <laughs> um, and what else is unique about the ovulatory phase? Oh, we're great at communicating during this phase. So this is a perfect time to have difficult conversations. Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. So schedule any difficult conversations if you have any control over it during your ovulatory phase. Wow. Yeah. Really, really interesting and powerful. Okay. Good to know. That's crazy. And also, I've also heard that like we're more attractive. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> that that egg wants to get fertilized. Yes. Um, the- so if you're dating, go out, but don't fuck. <laughs> or use some type of pregnant. like barrier method yeah, or sure, contraception. <laughs> Practice safe sex. Sure. Of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> but now's the time to be going out and flirting. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Ooh, so okay. again, super high intensity workouts. This is the time to do your HIIT workouts, mm, things of that nature. Okay. Your body's really going to feel good. Um, so the follicular is five to seven days. Ovulation is three to five. Three to, three to four. Three yep. to four. Mm-hmm. Right. Because so, it's just like y- 
you ovulate. That's it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like they're they're giving you that grace period because yeah. everyone's a little bit different. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. And some people's ovulation starts later, some earlier. This right. is this is where it's up to us to get in tune with our specific cycle. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm working with a coach right now oh, cool. to help me through I I'm not getting on hormonal birth control. Yeah. So she's helping me with like taking my basal body temperature yes. and like understanding cervical fluid yeah all that good stuff but beautiful anyways, for another time okay so after what comes after ovulation all right so after ovulation is our luteal phase okay and our luteal phase is 10 to 14 days in length so this is typically our longest phase and really the most complex phase because we're coming out of so our it's like op- we ovulated we gave our egg yeah if it didn't get fertilized yes so in this scenario we're gonna say the egg didn't get fertilized yes. so um, we're coming off of the ovulatory phase, so our energy is still high to start. Mm. Then our testosterone and estrogen are going to drop, and progesterone is really dominant during this phase. So what that means is progesterone is responsible for regenerating brain tissue, regenerating bone growth, um, increasing our metabolism, and increasing our appetite. Mm. So during this phase... Um, you know, we really need to pay attention to the body because we're going to start with high energy, but then Mm -hmm. it's going to start to deteriorate. So we really need to check in and are we needing rest? Are we still feeling like we want to be active? Because the body is starting to prepare for menstruation here. Yeah. Okay. So the body knows it's about to go in the next phase that's going to be doing a lot of work, which is why we have an increased appetite. It's Mm -hmm. saying, okay, we're going to need some more energy, so I'm going to increase your appetite. We're also experiencing those classic PMS symptoms, cravings, mm. bloating, fatigue. Um, now, our cravings typically uh, would be like simple carbs, sugars, mm-hmm. like you think of like chocolate, things mm-hmm. like that. Right. Now, that's because also during this phase, our serotonin and dopamine drops. Oh, so it's a mood. So it's a mood thing. So when we get that hit of uh, simple sugars, our dopamine gets a nice little boost. So it's a way to protect us. Right. So cycle syncing is another way to get in touch with the wisdom of the body. Mm -hmm. There's always a reason behind what the body is doing. And instead of being in shame of that or thinking of our cycles as an inconvenience Mm -hmm. it's checking in with like okay what do you need from me right now and how can I support what you're going through yeah and like let's be thankful our bodies do that I -hmm. think of like okay if you're trying not to get pregnant which is like where I'm coming from right now Mm -hmm. clearly then like okay let's be really thankful that you have this dip of of energy because you're about to like shed your uterine line absolutely whatever yeah if you're trying to get pregnant well, then that will at least be some indication of like, okay, it's not this round. Let's right. do this right here. Conserve our energy and let's be ready to start trying yes, again. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So um, that's the luteal phase. Then we move what into... Do, what, is, what does it mean? So maybe like we need to be less, just more rest perhaps. Tune in. Right. Tune so, in. Right, exactly. Yeah. So the beginning of the phase... Most likely, we're still going to be pretty high energy coming off the ovulatory phase. But then we are going to notice that decrease in our energy levels. We're going to feel a little more lethargic. Mm. So that's like, what's that? Honor that. Yeah, honor that. Move into maybe some more like yoga or going for walks. So we still want to move the body because 
you know, with some bloating that we may experience, we can decrease. Where does the bloating come from? Do you know? I think it's just, I mean, you think about it. There's a lot going on in the uterus. Yeah. Um, you know, the uterine line is starting to thicken. That's yeah. also due to our increased progesterone that's dominating this phase. Um, yeah. My boobs get really big. Bef- like, that's how mm. I know I'm about to start my period is my boobs get big. I call okay. them my period boobs. Nice. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, I guess it's fine then because I'm not going to get pregnant at that point. Right. So it's not a bad thing. There you go. But that's, I mean, like, should it be happening? I feel like there means there's something that's off. There's like more estrogen dominant or something like that. I don't foresee that to be an issue. Okay. Do you have, you don't have the experience? I do not. Do your boobs ever hurt? No, never. Wow. But that, this is my unique. Oh, for sure. I know it's common. It is very common. Yeah. yeah, Very common. But it's like, I'm like, why would it happen? Right. It's not happening at the opportune time for me to attract a mate. That's true. Yeah. Interesting. So something's up. I don't yeah. know. We'll, we'll figure it out. Okay. So gluteal coming. Okay. Got what's then moving comes... into menstrual phase, right? Menstrual so this phase. is probably the phase that we're most, most familiar with. Uh, our uterine lining is shedding mm-hmm. during this phase. And this is a time, well, interestingly enough, during this phase, our right and left hemispheres of our brain are the most connected during this phase. So what that means is that we have a really unique ability to reflect and we have great insight during this phase. Wow. So this phase really asks of us to slow down, to look within, to reflect. And so the body really makes that possible. Um, If you're into journaling, this is a really good time to journal. Mm, Reflect on what's working and maybe some things that we want to change looking forward. Mm-hmm. Um, also, in terms of exercise and movement, so really slowing down, maybe practicing some restorative yoga, yin yoga, going for walks, connecting with nature, mm. um, really making sure we're getting a lot of water, um, iron, and vitamin B are really good during this phase because we're losing blood. Yeah. So we want to support the body in what it's going through. Right, right. This is just... It has me thinking a lot of people I don't know if I say a lot of people I would I used to think about like oh the start of a new month it's the mm-hmm. time to reflect and maybe set a new goal whatever but it yeah. makes more sense to sync that up with okay now like when you start your period like that's your new month exactly you know like so yeah. use that as like this is the time to reflect we know that okay coming up we're gonna have a lot of energy what do we want we can think about what we want to get done with that energy exactly. you know then we can kind of taper off no it just makes so much sense how does birth control though so we can still practice play? cycle syncing with when we're on hormonal birth control it's still an option um but we're not obvious people are, you don't ovulate we're not ovulating we're not um unless we're on i think that in the marina i think with the marina you ovulate um I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about any of the hormonal IUDs. I just know that I chose to not go with them yeah. because they I actually were still... just had mine removed. Uh, my Mirena. It oh, yeah. was like up in my uterus attached to my uterine wall. And it was this oh, whole thing. Oh, yours was attached to your Well, mine wouldn't stay in my uterus. Really? So, oh. Yeah. That's why I had to. That's why I'm now in a place where I'm not. I'm not on birth control, but I'm yeah. actively trying to not get pregnant. Right. So I'm that's why I'm working with the coach. Yeah, that's great. Um, I had a non-hormonal IUD. I had Paragard. Okay. For four years. Yeah. I'm like, fuck yeah, this is it. Right. 
I'm good to go. Yeah. Eight years, it's supposed to, it's good for. Right. There's no hormones. It's just copper. It yeah. changes the pH balance in mm-hmm. your uterus, makes it impossible for a sperm and an egg to fertilize. Had no problems. Regular periods. Everything was great. Okay. And then August, went for my yearly checkup. It moved to my oh. cervix. Oh, yeah. So like, well, you, I didn't feel anything. I have no idea. Sure. Like I didn't even notice. And they're like, okay, if it's not doing what it needs to do, we need to take it out. We'll put you a new one in. Sometimes these things happen. I've had it in for mm-hmm. four years. I'm like, right. okay, that's okay. Fine. Get a new one in. It is the most painful. You, did you have, did you experience the most excruciating pain of your life with your uh, insertion of to your To get IUD? it inserted? Yeah. Uh, 100%. Yeah. It's horrible. It is horrible. But when I say this, I don't want to deter people from doing no. it because it is 100% worth it, yeah. in my opinion. It's very convenient. It's so convenient, mm-hmm. especially if you're looking for a non-hormonal option and especially if you're looking for a non-hormonal option and you've had children mm-hmm. because the copper IUD is is bigger than Morena and uh, Kylina, I think yes. is, is the other one. Skyla. Yeah, there's a couple. And yeah. I, I'm going to... Any gynecologist listening or doctors, please let me know. But my theory is that they can't make a smaller copper IUD because there has to be a certain weight or amount of copper in order to change. Because why would oh, why else wouldn't they that makes make sense. a smaller one? Because that's exactly what, because women who haven't had children yet, it doesn't work. It cannot work so well for them. So I had to have an ultrasound. They measured my uterus, like all oh, these things. Because okay. turns out I got the second one in my uterus pushed it out again. So they're like, we can't, we're not going to just keep putting your, everything's fine. Your uterus is the right size, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. But sometimes it just doesn't work for women who haven't had children yet. Sure. Because it's the largest one on the market. Sure. And so that's when I made the decision. Okay, well, I don't want to go on hormones. So I'm trying this other method. Um, I don't know how we got talking. So you can do cycle syncing. Oh, yeah. With hormonal birth control. Um, you know, you can you can still stay connected to your cycles in that way. You're still going to you can still be connected to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't have a true menstrual cycle when we're on like the pill, for example, or even the patch or the ring, things of that nature. It's it's called a withdrawal bleed. Um, but you can still remain connected. You can also um, be connected to the phases of the moon. Um, if that mm. works for you. Okay. So We're getting a little hippy dippy here, but I'm okay. Exactly. With it. Yeah. So there are different ways. <laughs> but I'll just leave it as yeah. <laughs> if you're on hormonal birth control, you can still be con- okay. connected in this, some way. Whatever works for you. Yeah. This is it's vastly interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I want to continue to play around with this. Yeah. Do you so do you have stuff on your blog, right? If, I like, do. if people want to like learn more, <laughs> like have a place where they can concretely read it. Yes. We can see it on your blog. Yes. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. Cool. cool. Um, perfect. So one other thing that I want to talk about with you that I think is really important is from your experience with working with other women who are coming to see you, I'm sure for a variety of different reasons, is there kind of a, a standout reason or I, I guess really what I'm tra- like what's getting in our way mm-hmm. you know what do you see most commonly where people are coming to you and they're like oh this is like this is the thing that's standing in our way as women I think overall it's like we've talked about um living in a world that's dominated by diet culture mm-hmm. and 
it's really all consuming. And as women, we learn to bond with each other over shaming our bodies. Mm. And so it can be hard to get out of that Mm. as well. Um, There are just so many things getting in our way to connecting with our body Mm -hmm. because it's hard work to tune in and really connect with what our body is asking of us and to listen and to honor what it's asking us for. So it's a relationship and with, with any relationship, there's give and take. And so it's not just me telling my body what it needs. It's asking my body what it needs. And then when it actually tells me what it needs, I need to actually honor that and give it what it needs because then it knows it can start to trust me again. And then I can start to trust my body again and we can move forward together. Yeah. That, you know, when you talked about earlier, when you think about it, use the example of like someone's relationship to pleasure. Mm -hmm. If we think about like what relationship do we have with our bodies? Like what, how does that manifest in the, in our other relationships in life that we're not looking at? Exactly. Like that is really kind of frightening to me to hear and kind of a, like punch in the gut yeah it's a lot of like you treat you talk to yourself this way or you allow this to happen I've seen some things recently on Instagram about like self-neglect and like Mm -hmm. they literally call it out like you are in an abusive relationship right like you're abusing your body yeah how does that show up in the other relationships that you have that you're not addressing? Exactly. And and maybe it's not, uh, you know, a, a physical, physically abusive relationship, but like, where does that sense of control come from for you? Like, are mm. you in a manipulative, you know, I mean, like all of the things that come up that I, I don't want to think about, <laughs> but I'm going to because I want to fucking do the work. Because you're doing the work. Because I'm doing the work. Yeah. And it's not easy to to be in that place, but... And when we do the work and when we start to change, we give other women in our lives permission to do the same. Yeah. Like we show them that there's more to their lives because we are doing the work. Yeah. Yeah. And that's powerful. Yeah. Coming back to that place of like creating the space for vulnerability. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So Jess, what does being fit (laughs) mean to you? Um, Being fit means to me, if you couldn't have guessed, um, honoring our body. Mm. And I also have to Amen. say that um being fit also in terms of physical fitness for me lately it has also been uh giving myself permission to be flexible mm. because I'm also a a person who schedules my workouts yeah. or I I just like to know what's coming. Yeah. And so I also have been giving myself permission to if my body is not feeling that workout to maybe reschedule it. Yeah. So it's honoring my body and being flexible. That's a really good point that you just brought of like a reschedule. Yeah. So where I used to think of it or frame it as like, okay, I'm not doing it. That looks like a cancellation, but no, that doesn't mean I'm not going to ever do it again. I'm not saying no forever to this workout. It's just that I got to reschedule it. Exactly. Like as you go with a friend, it's not, you don't want to see the friend. Right. Today, I can't. Exactly. Yeah. That's a good point. I like that. Okay. I'm going to think about that too. You've given me a lot, <laughs> a lot to think about. I have a lot of processing to do. <laughs> You're going to have to come back. Help I can me do work that. through it again. 
<laughs> we're gonna have to go get some more wine at a later date let's do it where can people follow you where can they see the blog all that good stuff they want to do thai yoga massage um so my website is jessica lee wellbeing lee is l-e-i-g-h.com mm-hmm. and i'm on instagram at jessica lee wellbeing jessica period lee period wellbeing and we'll obviously tag everything um listeners thanks so much for listening thank you for putting up with my neuroses and (laughs) all of the thoughts that flit in and out of my mind that i so willingly share i appreciate you follow me at chrissy grody on instagram at what the fit podcast i've got some merch the merch store is open check it out beanies cropped hoodies they're really cute and comfortable if you're looking to grow your business advertise with what the fit dm me for more information or email what the fit podcast at gmail.com always rate and review on itunes i think i'm going to do a contest soon for some reviews maybe i'll give Mm. out maybe i'll maybe i'll do like a beanie giveaway I've got some really fucking cute white beanies with a white logo. I'm Ooh, telling you. The I'm fresh to get to one. I know. It's great. Thanks so much, guys. Love you.